Hey everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Devin the Bear. Uh, sorry, we're having a good time here. Uh, getting ready for the fights, we're having a good time because now we are on iTunes and Spotify as well as YouTube and Instagram. So check us out on iTunes and Spotify, subscribe, download. Um, and we're, we did that through the Anchor app, and it's basically an app for everybody to create their own podcasts and go and listen to other podcasts we are going to start having ads in there uh for anchor so big shout out to them and today we're going to be talking about a few different fights and some news that went around went down with some fighters and some old fights uh but we're going to start with fury 40 fury 46 uh which is happening here in houston and a lot obviously because it's in houston there's a lot of uh texas fighters in there uh, one of the first fights that we're going to talk about is um, Alex Black, who he's been fighting kind of for a long time. We've seen him fight several times. He's very good, very well-rounded, and he's going to be fighting Aaron Reeves. Aaron Reeves has been fighting. He's 6-3 and three now, uh, so it's going to be a pretty good fight. Alex Black is hopefully up to the task of taking on a guy who is making a name for himself and Aaron Reeves. <clears throat> Alex Black hasn't fought in a little while, I want to say, right? Uh, I, th- I think it's been a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have to double check. Yeah. Uh, but I know, like, back uh, early in 4-ounce that he was around them a lot. Um, so I know I know he's been fighting for a long time. He's, yeah, uh, I believe his record's 11-5. and five, uh, yeah. So he's still looking good. Um, if he's... Pulling everything together, making another run, it's it's probably going to be a good one. Yeah, uh, last time we fought was uh, see February tenth, uh, two thousand seventeen. It was a um, <clears throat> KO loss, but I mean now he's taking some time off, so hopefully he comes back. I remember hearing about Alex Black when I was in like ninth grade. Nolan, yeah, he, yeah, he's he, been fighting for a while. Yeah, I mean I remember I knew some guys that would go train at the gym he used to be at. Yeah, and he um, and they had known they met him through there, and I know I knew some people actually. I want to say he w- went to the same high school as I did. I'm not 100%, but I know some guys who knew him during while they were in high school. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a good dude. He's been doing it a long time. He's been there for a lot of other fighters um, during training. So I, he's, a, he's a cool dude, and I hope, I hope he has a pretty good time with everything for, his, for this new run. Uh, like you said, it's been since 2017, so that's like a four-year stop. Um. And then the next fight that we want to talk about is uh, Juan Adams, former UFC fighter. Uh, he was cut after like a three-loss win streak. Or th- uh, three yeah, loss win I know. Three-losing streak. Yeah, he uh, was. Three-fight losing streak. He's doing pretty well. And then after that, he ended up fighting, um, what's it called? Uh, he had lost one fight by decision. He was on a loss going into. If uh, For me, this is when I first heard of Juan Adams was on whenever he was going to be fighting Greg Hardy. And then... <clears throat> Uh, he had lost that one by, uh, it was kind of a weird fight because the way that it was stopped, uh, when he fought Greg Hardy, he actually was getting, like, it was, he was going for a takedown. He and Greg Hardy just hammer fisting him. And then, uh, Juan Adams really didn't do anything to capitalize. So when the ref broke it up, he was like, what are you doing? But he also wasn't intelligently defending himself for the ref to stop that fight also. Yeah. And then, um, after that, he lost to Justin Taffa, the Taffa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you were talking. You brought up Juan Adams' fight against uh, Greg Hardy, which, right. funny enough, he is fighting someone named Jeremy Hardy. Um, uh, Juan Adams being a Houston guy, Jeremy Hardy's from Texas. Um, like I said, a lot of Texas fighters on here. Jeremy Hardy, uh, same last name, heavyweight, 
looks a lot like Greg Hardy. Yeah. Uh, probably a very similar fight coming for Juan Adams. Yeah. Uh, this, Jeremy this, Hardy brings a lot of power to the table. This guy's like a leaner Greg Hardy, honestly. Uh, when you look at him, and it's crazy to say that too, but he's just a little shorter than him. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, man, uh, this guy looks, it's, it's, I actually had to like look into this cause I thought they were brothers first. <laughs> yeah. They, they look a lot alike. Yeah, and, it's, um, it's, it's insane. Funny. And uh, stuff. But yeah, Juan Adams actually kind of had, in my opinion, a pretty similar run as Maurice Green, who we talked about the last one. Maurice Green has been officially cut from the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, has he really? Yeah. I did so, not see that. I, I feel like in heavyweight, they both just kind of went through a lot of the same things. Right. They just dealt with guys who were bigger and not maybe not necessarily bigger, but they were just stronger and knew yeah. what to do with themselves maybe a little bit more. Uh, maybe more, it was more experience or maybe it was just more comfort and confidence. Right. Um, because when you see someone like Maurice Green get taken down and not know what to do on the ground, when that's kind of his forte, yeah, there's something wrong there. And uh, Juan Adams had kind of a similar thing as he stand up. He just kind of was a little slow sometimes. Uh, so when he fought guys like Greg Hardy, who are very explosive, um, if you make it to the second round with Greg Hardy, your chances increase. Yeah. Uh, and he couldn't do anything against Greg Hardy's shots. No. So it definitely shows maybe there was something going on there and he got cut. So his fight against Jeremy Hardy, I think is going to be kind of maybe a good fight for Juan Adams uh, to be able to evaluate himself. Yeah. See where um, he stands. Because it's a guy who's very, like I said, very similar to Greg Hardy as far as his style. I think Jeremy Hardy maybe could probably last a little longer than Greg Hardy in the cage. Yeah. Um, a little bit better cardio uh so that'll be a really fun fight i think for for fury 46 i think that one's really going to be fun uh one of the next ones we're going to talk about is uh jacob silva fighting out of again houston and he's going to be fighting rashad robinson uh rashad robinson's taking this fight on late notice which is a big deal jacob silva is very good very well-rounded has shown lots of heart um, so I think for him to step up and take this fight, it's going to be very, a very tough test for him because Jacob Silva's got kind of this career where he, he wins some and he loses some. Yeah. Um, but even in his losses, dude looks really good. He does He's look very really good. solid all around. Yeah. Uh, I think that Rashad Robinson doesn't bring anything to Jacob Silva that he hasn't seen before. Yeah. I, I think mean, Jacob Silva is going to be very comfortable, very confident. Um, and if it goes to the ground, Jacob Silva's taking it. I know that much. I think so too. Uh, whenever I've, you know, I looked into Rashad Robinson and props to that guy for taking the fight on short notice, you know, to keep this fight alive for Jacob Silva. Cause I'm ready to see this guy go in there and do what he does best. And, but I just think when it comes to Jacob Silva, like he has a very, un- like I wouldn't say underrated ground, but like he has a ground game that I guess people sleep on. People will just forget that he has it because he's so fast. Like, you watch him fight, and that dude just knows how to throw a punch. He knows when to throw the punch. Funny enough, he and it's like it's just like his training partner, Adrian Honest, you know? I mean, they fight almost similar. It's something about these guys. They just have the, some crazy hand speed. Yeah, and they, they're very tenacious with their striking. Yeah. Um, and that's something you'll see. All those guys that train with Saul over at Metro, they, they all are very tenacious with their striking. They're yeah. very uh, aggressive. Um one of my favorite fights with Jacob Silva was almost like 10 years ago now, but it was against James De Herrera. Right. Um, I feel like he just, he looked really good in that fight. I yep. feel like the first round he's incredibly dominant. 
Um, second round, he comes out there with a jumping kick and yeah. then front kick, and then just starts swinging. Uh, he gets caught, and De Herrera has a rear naked, or he's fighting for a rear naked pretty much the whole round. Um, and then the third round, Jacob shows that he can come back from adversity like that and it not waver him whatsoever. And he came back and he won the fight with TKO. He got a, yeah, uh, he had, a, he was holding on to a really tight guillotine. De Herrera ended up slipping out of it. As soon as he stood up though, Jacob was right there with those up kicks yeah, and, and rocked him. That's what I remember watching that fight too, is just those up kicks were dirty, man. He is, yeah. that's what's something about Jacob Silva is just, he's. <laughs> He's ready to take the fight anywhere it needs to go. You know, wherever the fight's going to be, he's prepared for all of it. I mean, most guys, whenever they're in that position, they don't think to throw up kicks. And even yeah. that guy was, that was 10 years ago. And he's still. And he's only gotten better. Yeah, he's only, he really only has. I he's mean, he's been knocking on the door of the UFC for a while now. Yeah. It's his time, I think. Yeah, I know Dana White's a big fan of him as well. Yeah. I mean, he's openly talked about him. He said he really wants to sign him and he's ready to give him another chance on the contender series. I think I, this is going to be it. Rashad Robinson's very good. I think he's very good. He's ready to take the fight anywhere it goes yeah. to. He doesn't mind fighting off of his back, but I do feel like he's a little inactive off his back, maybe. Yeah. Uh, for When you're fighting someone like Jacob Silva, who's always attacking, he's always looking for a submission, he's always looking for ground and pound. So I think if he does fight like that against Jacob Silva, he's going to get finished. Yeah. Uh, because the fights that he's had, he's, he's, I don't want to say the strong, stronger fighter of the two, but he typically will overpower them. Yeah. And when he's on his back, he knows he can stop that guy from, uh, get transitioning to a better, better exactly. position. Cause, uh, Rashad has a very strong top game. Yeah. From what I saw, yeah. he, he's strong on top. Like whenever he's in control, he knows what he's doing. But Jacob Silva is one of those guys where it's like you take him He'll down, attack you from the bottom. Yeah. He doesn't care. Yeah, He'll pull guard. He'll pull he, guard. He's okay with it. Yeah. He want, anywhere he wants to fight to go, he's gonna let it go. And yeah. so it's just it's really cool to see that. And then the thing is, is like you know, I think that Jacob Silva, especially going in, I think he's gonna pull off the win. But he definitely has this, the striking advantage coming into this fight. So I think Rashad takes him down. Rashad's got some heavy hands. Yeah. Um, when he throws his hooks, he and he lands. Uh, he'll he'll move your whole head. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you block those shots, he's gonna move your whole head. He yeah. hits hard. Yeah, and the, uh, CJ has a great chin as well. I mean, so you know that guy's been doing it for a while, and he still has been been very durable. So it's, it's gonna be diff- definitely interesting to see. But like, I agree with you though. I'm I'm gonna go Jacob Silva on that one. Yeah, I like I said, I think this is Jacob Silva's time. He's gonna make in the UFC with this fight. Yeah. Um. So the next fight, which is another exciting one, is gonna be three Theo. Rolling, raw, man. Yang. Uh I've heard it said. I don't know why I'm butchering it right I'm, now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you um, butcher it because I know I'm Josh gonna say Altum, it wrong too. Josh uh, is who he's fighting. Super glue. Um, Theo is five and zero. Oh, Josh is four and one. Mm-hmm. Both guys are very scrappy. I feel like on the stand up, uh, although Josh is very good. Uh, I feel like Theo's going to have a bit of the power advantage, uh, and he's got a he's got a pretty wide arsenal as far as his strikes go. Uh, he's very fun to watch, uh, but I think if this if this fight has any grappling whatsoever, Josh is going to win that. Yeah, Josh is very good. He's very dominant. He knows how to control people. Um, I think he takes this one uh, if there's any grappling. If it's standing, it's going to be kind of a fun one to watch. For sure, and so um, you know, I, I'm always excited to watch featherweight fights, man. They're just they're so much fun. These guys are fast, they're strong, they have it all. So it's definitely I'm definitely looking forward to that fight. Yeah, um, and so this fight card is actually going to have three title fights. Uh, the first one of the night will be Cameron Graves and Fernando Padilla at 145. 
Cameron Graves is very good. He's nine and three. Um, he's he's had some fights where he's having to fight off his back, and when the other guy is pushing really hard, and he's got he, if he's postured up, he's raining down punches. Mm-hmm. He's shown that he kind of gets a little frantic, um, but he's a champion for a reason. Uh, Fernando Padilla is thirteen and four. So that one's going to be a good one because you know both guys coming into it, they know how to win their fights. Right. Um, I th- I think. I think Cameron Graves takes it. I think he keeps it. Um, it's going to be a good one. Got to rip those Texas boys. Though. Yeah, for sure. Um, the second fight, the second title fight, is going to be Mana Martinez and Jose Johnson. Uh, Mana's got some crazy power in his hands he does uh he that really dude does. can hit fast and he can hit hard uh one of his wins is against casey jones uh, i think that was his last win mm-hmm. um or his last fight and he got a knockout on casey in like was it like a minute yep um and, and there was it just kind of came out of nowhere yeah uh, it, it really was very did. fast uh just to show how just a testament to how strong and heavy his hands are uh, Casey Jones, he's he's been there, he's done that, so he's yeah. he's a good guy, he's a good fighter. Um, it just wasn't his night. Yeah. Uh, he was he's also Mon is another Metro Fight Club, so oh really? Again, the ten- tenacity in the hands, it's there. Yeah. Um, Jose Johnson's twelve and six. He's got plenty of wins. He's got plenty of losses, which means more cage time, more experience. So it's gonna be interesting to see what goes down there. Um, I'm liking the Metro Fight Fight Club's guys night. I think up, I think man. they're looking good. Yeah, they're all looking good right now, and I think they look good on this night. I think they do really well. Yeah, they got a gas line to the UFC now, so I'm excited to see what all these guys do. You know, Mana, he's with that knockout against Casey. I was surprised to see it because I know I've I know Casey. I've met him before, and he's very durable. I mean, he trains hard. He works hard. You know, this guy yeah. works a full time job just to go out there and still have these fights against these pro these high level fighters. You know, and so, but I'm excited. I'm very excited for that fight. Uh, the main event is going to be Anthony Ivey challenging for uh, Veritinikov, uh, Nikolai Veritinikov uh, for the, one, the welterweight title. Uh, Anthony Ivey is a former UFC fighter. Um, he definitely earned his shot in the UFC. That dude's powerful. That dude will put you on on the ground, and yep. he will whether it's by by knocking you down on your feet, or if it's him putting you there and beating you into the ground into the mat. Um, but he's got a tough test with Nikolai. I think um, they have pretty similar records. I want to say, um, yeah, Anthony, they're both like eight and three, eight and four. Anthony's eight and four, eight and, and uh, Nikolai's eight and three. Okay, yeah. Uh, so very similar. Uh, that one's gonna be a really fun one to watch. So you have Anthony Ivy, who has this bigger audience, this bigger experience. Uh, does he work his way back up? Uh, and we all, we all, you always kind of look at it like that, like the UFC's up there, and you got to yep. work your way up to the UFC. Um, but Fury is a, a great organization. Um, yep. It's got a great presence here in Houston. Uh, a lot of great talents came out of there. Just name yeah. one, Alex Hernandez. Even though people want to say what they want about him, I mean, he's still a great fighter, a young fighter. I think he's going to do great things. He, he went in there and fought Cowboy. That's a yeah. big deal. Yeah. Uh, even if you didn't look good, even if you lost the fight, I mean, fighting Cowboys is tough enough as it yeah. is. L- look at uh, his last fight against Chris Grudsmacher. Yeah. You know, I mean, he knocked that dude out before he even hit the ground and was still going off on him. That dude didn't have time to fall with all the yeah. punches he was throwing. 
So it's it's Fury Fighting is a, is a great organization. Um, so that one's going to be happening on May. Or I mean, sorry, yeah, May sixteenth. Um, that's it's it's a very exciting card. A lot of a lot of local talent. Yeah. Um, and then you go out. There's a lot of guys fighting who fight out of San Antonio and Dallas on that card as well. Yep. So go out and show your support in Houston. Uh, get your tickets. Show up. Yep. Uh, it's, I think it's at the Bayou Center. Yes, sir. Uh, so it's have fun be, with that one. It's gonna be a lot of fun, man. I'm, this is actually gonna be my first like live MMA event. So I'm uh, very excited to be there and to attend that. You know, we talked to some of these guys before. No, you've been in an MMA event. I have before. been in an MMA event before. It was very unfortunate. We were idiots. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Uh, was... We were cornering a friend of ours, and we made him look bad. We made ourselves look bad. I saw a peach fuzz on my face. I didn't even know what I was doing <laughs> at all. I was like, man, dude, like, I don't even have armpit hair. And you want me How to... long ago was that, though? That was 14 when we did that. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago, dude. And uh, yeah, we cornered one of our buddies. I completely forgot about Jeremy. I don't even want to say his name. I don't even want to say his name. I don't want to make him look bad. Uh, He he did well, uh, but the we couldn't get the cage open, and they wouldn't open it for us. And they were like, we're like, hey, you know, help us out. And so we're standing there chucking a water bottle up over the freaking. And the water bottles have drink on top of that. You remember? So it's like flopping all over the place, and we just looked like complete morons. Uh, but we were there for our boys best we could. Even, uh, he yeah. looked real good. Yeah. Uh, up until he got in that arm bar, which he held on. Dude, held, it was, oh, it was also a last minute replacement. Um, we got there and they're like, oh no, you're fighting someone else instead. Brazilian guy. We're like, oh, sick. <laughs> uh, and then he gets him in, he's, the dude is only going for takedowns. That's yeah. all he could do. The second it would go to the ground, he'd do these like pansy slams. I'm sorry, but those slams were weak. <laughs> Uh, and then our buddy would, uh, he remains nameless. Uh, he would reverse everything. <laughs> he who shall not be named. That's <laughs> <laughs> he would reverse everything and then get on top and he would, uh, be winning the fight. And the second round comes in, this guy gets an arm bar and he's holding onto it for a solid, like two minutes, yeah, which when was... you're in there, it feels like forever. I know that. I'm sure our friend knew that. And we're sitting there yelling like, dude, you got to roll. You got to roll. You got to tuck. You yeah. gotta tuck. You can you can tuck. You gotta do it. I don't think he could hear us. Yeah. So much uh, was going on. It was loud. eventually, like I said, after like a, the longest two minutes, uh, he taps. Yeah. It sucked. Like I said, we looked stupid. We made him look bad. It was awful. We hung out after those. A pretty good time. Yeah. You remember uh, the Muay Thai match? The Muay Thai fight. Yeah. The guy got kicked in the nuts like twice like in a row. Two or three times. Three times. That's what it was. It was three yeah. times. And, and the they... dude who. Okay. So you have the younger, much bigger, much more in shape guy. Yeah. And then you had a shorter, older guy. Uh, and it's a it's a very solid Muay Thai fight um, up until a groin shot. Yeah. And then another one. And then another one. And then he knocks the guy out. With a head kick. And yeah. I'm just like, yeah, give the guy a break, man. Yeah. Can't go low like that and then go high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was rough. But, I mean, it, it was cool. It was over at four ounce. Uh, it was a long time ago. Took a page out of a GSP's book with that one. <laughs> um, so, anyway, uh, it's it's going to be a good, a good time on May 16th. Yeah. Go check it out. Uh, be looking for Jacob Silva's fight. That one's going to be a really good one. Uh, be looking for Alex Black's return. Be looking for Juan Adams and Jeremy Hardy. That one's going to be exciting. Uh, Josh Altum and, and Mana Martinez. 
Also, if anybody that is not in the Houston area wants to tune in, they will be live on Fight Pass as well, on UFC Fight Pass. Yeah, yeah, Fight Pass. Yeah. So, yeah, just uh, uh, if anybody actually wants to tune into that, that's where you'll find it at. Yeah, and it's, it, I promise you it will be worth the watch. Yeah. Um, getting into some other craziness, uh, we'll start off light. Uh, Fabrizio over Doom had the controversial knockout uh finish getting finished by Hen and Fahea and that was overturned. They overturned yeah. it. They overturned it real fast, like the next day or two. Um, and I feel like I, I really agree with that. I really think even if it's a phantom tap, I get it. It's a tactic. It's a strategy. Yeah. But you don't, you don't do that. Uh, when you're a fighter and you know, there are some, there are some motions you don't do. Um, and it's not like some unwritten rule thing. You just, if you're going to tap, tap, don't, yeah. don't fake a tap. Cause don't tap then. Cause if you get caught doing it, especially when you know there are cameras all yeah. around you, uh, you get caught doing it, you lose the fight. Uh, he's I, lucky Keith Peterson didn't see it, but yeah. when the board came to Keith Peterson and said, Hey, Hey man, don't roll blunts in the if, cage. <laughs> yeah. If you had seen this, would you have stopped the fight? Keith Peterson said, yes, I, I would have stopped that. Um, so they, they overturned it in favor of Verdum, uh, but it, it, it's a no contest. So now they both have one point. Yeah. So they're tied, which I think helps Verdum out a lot. Um, really sucks for Fahea. Yeah. Uh, I, he's, he's a talent, so I think he'll be all right, but it's just very unfortunate for both guys. Fortunate, for, more fortunate for Verdum, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think I think it was definitely the right call. Uh, Verdum won that fight, and you know, and they did what was right. At least you know he does have a point coming out of it because um, what's that? He because whenever, excuse me, never mind. I forgot that whenever you have to um, even win win a fight to get three points, right? Yeah, or, you win the fight, you get three points. If you finish, depending on what round it is, you get bonus okay, points. That's right. But at least you got a point out of it. That's always nice, though. You yeah. Know? Um. The next thing, Anthony Johnson was arrested for uh, identity theft. What do you know about that? What's that? What do I know about it? Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I kind of read up on it a little bit. Um, Apparently, he was using a credit card that was not under his name. Whenever he was... um, Whenever he boarded the flight, the person whose car that it belonged to was informed, hey, there has been a purchase for this flight made under your name. They said, okay, well, that's not me. Like, I'm sitting here wherever I'm at. And uh, so they found out who it was, and they traced it back to Anthony Johnson. And they arrested him for um, for identity theft, for using a credit card that wasn't his, pretty much, to get on that plane and fly back. Yeah, which I'm, I'm not sure how Anthony Johnson ended up with it. I'm not sure if it was uh, mixed up with luggage or what. Um, I, I hope. And I feel like you got to think that it's not Anthony Johnson's uh, fault. I feel like the guy doesn't need to commit fraud or theft or identity theft to be able to buy a plane ticket. Yeah. I mean, uh, Anthony Johnson has been around for for a while, you know. Yeah. Uh, It's just kind of a weird story, and it just sucks that he got arrested. It was like two days, two, three days after his uh, knockout win. Yep. Uh, so it's just crazy. He's just trying Very to unfortunate. Yeah. that happen. Um, but in other news, 
a couple fights that have been set up or are in the works to be set up is we have uh, uh, Johnny Walker is set to fight Tiago Santos. Yep, that'll be a really fun one. Yep. That one's really exciting. That's one that one's set for set for September. So I would definitely be on the lookout for that. I mean, everybody knows who uh, Johnny Walker is. You know, he took the UFC by storm, and he's kind of went on a kind of a like a roller coaster. But he's exciting no matter what. And then you have a guy like Tiago Santos, who I think Johnny Walker is going to do. It will not really play into Tiago Santos' game, but do what. Tiago Santos likes to do. He's going to go out there. He's going to stand up with them. There's yeah. going to be a fight. I don't really see how this can be a boring fight, to be honest with you. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, unless both guys are just too timid. I could see Johnny Walker being a little timid yeah. uh, after getting knocked out by Corey Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him going in there and being like, okay, I got to fight smarter this yeah, time. Because he got really Tiago hurt. Santos is a big deal. He's a heavy yeah. hitter. Um, so he needs to fight smart. I could see him being a little timid. I could see Thiago Santos coming in and saying, all right, keep keep going, keep winning, don't get knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> and against someone with Johnny Walker who's, who's striking is just so wild. Because even though Johnny Walker is coming off a win against Ryan Spann, he got tagged against him. He he got he was he was in yeah. some serious trouble. It looked like he went out for a second. I think he did go out for a second, honestly. <laughs> He's kind of notorious for that. He gets knocked out and wakes back up really quick. And so... <laughs> Uh, and Tiago Santos, man, he doesn't he doesn't play no shit. Like he, I'd, I'd say he's one of the hardest workers in the UFC. Yeah, I mean, come back from that double knee injury to do to learn how to walk against what he's doing. I mean, he's just fought finding some really, the right weight class, just yeah. like Jared Cannonier. Jared Cannonier has gone through a lot to find himself, and I think Tiago Santos has too. Yeah, and it just um, you know it sucks with Santos. He hasn't really been the same since his knee injuries. Since he's came back from him, you know, he fought Glover Teixeira, which. It's so hard not to lose that guy. Guys fighting for the title next, so it's hard to Glo- count that Glover against them. You know, a special case. Yeah, uh, that Chuck Chuck Liddell has yeah. always said he's going to be good. Yeah, um, and it's crazy to think that we're finally seeing it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, losing to Glover to shares, you know, or even he lost, his last loss was to Alexander Rochik. Rockic. Yeah, Rockic. Yeah. Rockic. yeah. Um, so I mean, even that guy. I mean. That guy is he's he, surging through the rankings too. Yeah, he's he's top five. Yeah. I mean, that guy is already saying he should be fighting uh, Yuri. Pro- I th- I think him fighting Yuri would be cool. I think that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he said he said that he that them two should fight. Uh, he's good, but you know, two fights in the UFC, and I understand the people you beat and the way you beat them is phenomenal. Yeah, but come on, two fights. Yeah, Can you give him a title shot. Give him another fight. I think because that fight's not um, the Glover Tech Sheriff fight's not for another little while, and I think uh, well Yuri needs to rest up a little bit. He, took, he did take some really hard shots in that fight. He did yeah. admit to getting knocked out by that up kick also in the second round. Yeah, he he, he <laughs> said he said the main thing he had a problem with was uh, the jabs. He was like, yeah, there are a lot of jabs. There are a lot of uh, left hands that caught me um, that I wasn't ready for. He countered really well, and then someone asked him, "Did you um, get?" rocked by that upkick did you get hurt by it and he goes i don't even remember an upkick happening that happened and they're like yeah and he goes i i don't remember and i don't know if that's because of the adrenaline no you know in his best english he said i don't remember if it was the adrenaline or if it was just it hurt me that bad but i couldn't tell you if that's something that happened or not yeah so he just he he got caught really good but I don't know. I, I'm excited for that fight. And another fight that uh, is in the works right now is uh, Darren Till versus Luke Rockhold. That one's exciting. Yeah, that's very if, exciting. If Luke it. Rockhold can come back and show everybody his striking is still there. He's a fucking samurai, dude. I it's going to be a yeah. tough test to do it against someone like Darren Till. Yeah. And uh, Darren, you know, what's that? Excuse me. Luke Rockhold. 
he's actually his one of his coaches is Khabib now, and so I yeah. think he's kind of going back because he has great jujitsu. He doesn't really use it that much. I wish he would have used it more. He probably would have been in a better position than he is now if he would have used it. I mean, he submitted uh, Michael Bisbee with a one-armed guillotine, you know, yeah. from Mount. And then he also, whenever he fought Chris Weidman, they went to the ground. and um, He was very comfortable. He was comfortable. He was on top of Chris Weidman, yeah. and he controlled Chris, Chris Weidman the whole time. So I think there's a lot of good things happening with, with these fights in the works. But to get into what we're very excited to talk about, UFC 262 happening this Saturday. In Houston, Houston, Texas. Wrapping the set. Uh, <laughs> it's the reason that Fury 46 is uh, another reason it's so exciting is because it's going to be part of the Looking for a Fight series uh, by Dana White. Uh, he's going to be there. Several fight UFC fighters are going to be there. Uh, like we were saying, better make it. Um, catch Jacob Silva's fight. Catch Juan Adams. Catch Josh Altum. Catch Mana Martinez. It's going to be a really good time. Um, going to be a lot of people there. A lot of stars there. Check out Fury 46. Yeah. Um, but UFC 262, um, headlined by the lightweight title fight, Ch- Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira. Yep. Um, it's going to be a good card. It's really stacked. Uh, one of the first fights we're going to talk about is uh, Andrea Lee versus the younger Shevchenko sister, um, which I feel like this fight is going to be interesting because Andrea Lee is very good. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know how this fight is going to go if it goes to the ground. I think that's what I'm most excited for. See, if it goes to the ground, what happens? Yeah. Um, because they're both very good on the ground. Because the thing is, though, is, you know, one of the things people talk about is how good uh, Valentina is. But Antonina yeah. is also very good. She That's who she trains with. That's who she... Yeah. I mean, they, they everything that together, you see, I mean, yeah, they grew up together. They, they travel together. They just like, uh, Joe Lozon and Dan, Dan yeah. Lozon. Yeah. They, f- they fought each other growing up every freaking day. We, we, we saw, we saw that video. We saw that video. Yeah. We, we know who's the better, better, better brother. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, you have, you have siblings like that. Uh, iron sharpens iron and yeah. they've got to be very sharp at this point. Yeah. Uh, and for Antonina to be fighting someone like An- Andrea Lee, it's going to be, a, like I said, it's going to be really exciting. I think if it goes to the ground, it's going to be interesting because I feel like Antonina would be expected to have the advantage. Right. Um, but Andrea Lee, she's been there, done that. She knows what she's doing. So it's it's if Antonina can get it to the ground against a good striker like Andrea Lee, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I don't think Andrea Lee gets a finish, though. Yeah, I mean, that's the hard thing, because when it comes down to this, they both have great backgrounds in stand-up. Yeah. Um, you know, they have great backgrounds in stand-up. And with Antonina, I mean, if you saw what Valentina was doing to Jessica Andrade, her last fight controlling her on the ground, that her training partner was her sister, you know? Yeah, so, so you like, got to think Antonina's kind of right there with yeah, it. Yeah, she's going to be ready for that, because Andrew Lee has a lot of submission wins for being a kickboxer, you know? She does, um, but it's not against someone like Antonina Shevchenko. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. So that's that's kind of why I'm saying I think Antonina needs to take it to the ground. Yeah. And I know uh, I... just go ahead and finish that fight. Keep working your way up the rankings because yeah. you're going to be just as big as your sister. If you keep yeah, working it's what's on funny. It. It's they're in the same weight class also. Oh yeah, I thought yeah. she was a weight weight class. They're, they're uh, both that flyweight. Oh, okay. Well, so yeah, it's kind of like Dave Figueredo and his brother Francisco. Let them fight, you know. And so that'd be kind of cool. Hey, I mean, they would sell. I'd buy it. I mean, I buy every fight anyways. I don't illegally stream, but... Uh, but yeah, we don't do that here. Also, 
um, what's it called? Um, Andrea Lee, she's coming out. She's on a three fight skid right now. So, I mean, she kind of has to come with everything she can bring to be like, I beat a Shevchenko sister. Yeah. You know, that's and, and when you're, when you're fighting on a prelim card and you're on a three fight losing streak, you really are backed into a corner. Yeah. Uh, when you're fighting on a prelim, even if it's on a big pay-per-view like this one, you aren't getting the attention that you need. Uh, so like f- someone like Cowboy. Cowboy is on a six-fight winless streak. Yeah. Um, but Dana said he'd still give him another chance. Yeah. Six fights without a win, and he's still getting another chance. It's because of who he is, because yeah. of the attention he brings. Andrea Lee's not bringing that kind of attention. She definitely does need to get a win here. Yeah. No, she comes out and it's a barn burner of a fight to start off the prelims. Yeah, you might you know. be able to stick around even if you lose. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely. Look at how help long her. Clay Guida's been around. Yeah. Then when fights very often. And that guy's fighting does... UFC newcomers now. I don't yeah. Know. yeah, it's nuts, dude. But uh, I mean, for my, I mean, for my prediction of that fight, I, I'm gonna go Antonina by decision, though. I don't Same. think I don't think she finishes her. I don't either. Um, but I think her best bet: take it to the ground, mm-hmm. tire her out. That way, when you're standing, it ain't so bad. Yeah. Because Andrea Lee's got great stand up. Antonina does too. Yeah. So you take her to the ground. You f- you tire her out there. Make the fight easier for yourself. Right. Yeah. For sure. Uh, the next fight is going to be Lando Venata and Mike Grundy. Uh, one of the typical, or not typical, but like almost cliche, striker versus uh, grappler uh, matchups. You have Lando Venata, amazing kickboxer. Yeah. You have Mike Grundy, who is a world-renowned wrestler. And you got somebody like Lando. I mean, he's never in a boring fight. I've always enjoyed watching this guy fight. fun. I mean, his first fight in the UFC, he almost knocked out Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah. Which, the way Tony fights, it's crazy he doesn't get knocked out. Yeah. It's crazy. It just shows it only works for Tony. Like, you know, the way he he trains, the way he is. Tony's the type of guy who hides himself in Francis Ngannou's punching bag for conditioning. (laughs) That's what, um, man, I, I freaking, I think it's, uh, t- but it's just crazy to think that guy was o- almost beat Tony Ferguson, was that close. I think if he wouldn't have, ga- he did gas out in that fight, he took the short notice fight against Tony, and um, but he was winning the majority of that fight, and Tony did sting him pretty good, but um, after that, Venado, though, he was able to, he was able to uh, just really learn that good shot in the first round, but the second round, he I think he gassed out a little bit. He got tired. You got somebody like Tony Ferguson in front of you who just doesn't stop moving forward you towards you. You know, he whenever he fought Justin Gaethje, I mean, he even though he's getting beat up that whole fight, he was still pushing the pace uh, the pace with Justin Gaethje, keeping up with it. So, <clears throat> and you got Mike Grundy. You know that guy's a grinder. That's what he does. You know he's a wrestler. Yeah, you see some of this guy's um, submissions. And it's crazy the things that he can do. Uh, he I can't remember who it was against. He had the guy up against the cage and was getting a standing guillotine. Or was it uh, Anaconda Choke? Uh, but anyway, he's getting a choke uh, and almost flips the guy over. Uh, he's pinned him up against the cage with his arms around the guy's neck. Um, kind of an over-under. And the dude is bent over forward. And he almost flips him forward, feet up in the air. Uh, it was just a crazy thing to see. Very hard to explain. I don't know why I'm finding it so hard to explain, <laughs> but it was really cool to see. Uh, Mike Grundy's very strong, very athletic. All of his yeah. fight celebrations, he does like a double backflip. Um, so that fight's going to be very interesting. I, th- I hate to say it, but I because I am a big Lando Venata fan, but mm. I think it goes to decision. I think Mike Grundy wins it. Yeah, because I think Grundy takes it. Um, Venata has one submission loss, to, and it's to Tony Ferguson by this uh, a choke. It's by the Bravo choke that 
Mike Grundy's mm-hmm. very good at it as yeah. well. I mean, so I mean, this guy is a gold medalist uh, jujitsu fighter. So, I think uh, Mike Grundy's. I, I feel like he finishes the fight eventually once he's able to get control of Lando. But uh, I mean, you know, it's not a knock on that guy. He is. Well, but I think what's going to push it to decision is when is uh, how soon can he get that takedown? Yeah. Uh, because Lando Venata is going to be looking for it, um, and at this level, he's going to know what to throw. He's going to know what to look for, and he's going to know throw that when you see what you need to see um and with his striking range and his arsenal what he can throw is kind of limitless that dude can throw anything he can yeah throw he does kicks, it all the time throw all kinds of crazy strikes um so i would hope that he's got some knees ready um i what i've seen a lot is when mike grundy goes for a takedown he does that um disguise it with the overhand right mm-hmm. uh then he goes for a takedown i mean it, it's kind of an old school move yeah. Um, you don't see it as much anymore, but if it works, it works, you know? Exactly. Um, but is it going to work against someone like Lando Banana? I don't think so, mm-hmm. but I think, um, I think eventually he'll get it. And when he does get it, that's when the problems start for Banana. Yeah. So like I said, I think it goes to decision. I think Grundy gets it. I definitely could, wouldn't be surprised if he gets a submission win. Um, but the way that he, he goes for that takedown, I could see him get knocked out too. Yeah. So my picks are just both fighters by any means necessary. How about that? <laughs> just got, got to play both sides. Just yeah, gotta I'm, keep I'm playing you know, both sides so that I always end up on top. Exactly. There you go. Playing it smart then. Um, but no, I, I'm going to go with Mike Grundy by decision. Uh, hope it gets, uh, I hope Venata gets a knockout because I like seeing him. I love watching that dude fight, man. But I, I feel like uh, I think Grundy's able to get a late fight, so like a, probably a late round submission, probably third third round. And so for the headline of the prelims, a good fight coming up. Uh, Jacare Souza. I've always enjoyed, enjoyed watching this guy fight. Yeah, the alligator. Uh, yeah, Jacare. He and he's gonna be up against a up and comer, Andre Muniz. Yep. Um, both Brazilian fighters, both very good on the ground. Um, I you got to think the stand up advantage goes to Jacare. Uh, yeah, it's kind you kind of have to see where his age has taken him because we've seen him lose quite a bit now. Yeah. Um, and now he's getting that Kevin Holland knockout. Yeah, and now he's getting knocked out cold yeah. too. You know. So. And and you know that's Kevin Holland. That's what he does. Yeah. So can't take too much away from him there, but we have seen it. So I don't think. Muniz gets a knockout. Yeah, he he's he's definitely going to be probably more comfortable on the ground, but it's hard to be comfortable on the ground against someone like Jacare. So I think Jacare's got the advantage in the stand up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's gonna end up against the cage a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say there's a lot of clinch work. Um, if it goes to the ground, I'm gonna say Jacare with that experience i think he's gonna take it yeah and uh, i think andre's young he has great potential i mean he's uh i mean man he's in his, in his 20s he's got What's a his record he's got a ton of wins yeah no he's really good like I, I can't remember his record but i know he's got a mo- it, it's far outweighed with wins i know that much yeah yeah for sure and um let's see i actually have it right here it's he is 20 and 4 it's a great Jeez. record I yeah mean, you know that really is he and he's got uh his four losses are by knockout so yeah, I says something right there, you know, and man, so got that power. He does have that power, dude. I remember whenever he punt, whenever Jacare Souza punts Chris Weidman in the forehead. Oh, dude! I thought he yeah. killed him the way he <laughs> fell back. He just didn't even catch himself, and the ref didn't even jump in. I was like, "What are you doing?" But I, I remember the first time I saw Jacare, it was in Strike Force, mm-hmm. uh, 
And I was watching him, and I was like, Shocker, I don't know what that means. Uh, and I look it up, and I was like, oh, it means alligator. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then he wins this fight, and he does the alligator thing. And yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I love this guy. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's just fun to watch, man. He's just yeah. an all-around good guy. But I think the uh, experience is definitely going to help Jacare. But also, you have to understand, I mean, Andre, Andre uh, Munoz is Muniz. Andre Muniz is the... We're, we suck. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and so uh, he's the younger fighter coming in. He's fighting a guy who is on a three-fight skid right now. And now he's now yeah. is he losing these fights by... First it was decision. Now he's getting knocked out, you know? And uh, Jacare was never really a guy that got knocked out. He had a couple of knockout losses, but to some really great fighters, Gegard Musasi, Robert Whitaker, just to name a few. I think we talked about this on the podcast yeah. before, but I can never get over how long Gegard Musasi has been fighting. Yeah, you bought that dude back in Dream, crazy. man. That's years ago. Yeah, yeah. He's been fighting since like most fighters were children. Yeah, or most current fighters were children, uh, and he, he dude looks like he's still in his early twenties. Um, but anyway, I won't go that far. You know, you know, it's the bald head, man. It disguises the age really well. Gegard's not bald. Oh, you're talking about Gegard? Yeah. I thought you said Jacare. I was no, like, dude. No, no, I'm talking about Gegard Musasi. I can't. It's just crazy to me. He looks like he's a freaking, like, 26-year-old, man. Yeah, no, no it's, it's funny because the older uh, Gegard has gotten, the younger he looks. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I was going to say freaking, um, what's that, dude? Uh, Jacare Souza looks like the Elotha, man. Like, he just, I'm like, there's <laughs> no way. But uh, he just, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a good fight, but. I think Jacare knows he has to win the fight, and I think he comes in there and just his experience is going to outweigh Andres, and he's yeah. gonna. I think it's going to be a first round submission. I think he knows he has to get that finish, keep it exciting. Jacare is southpaw, right? Pretty sure he's southpaw. I'm not. I can't remember right now. I know that. I, I, I could be wrong. I feel like he's southpaw. Uh, work that jab. Yeah. And the knockout will be there. Because I, I think when you have that kind of power against a guy who. I'm not saying Andre Muniz has no stand-up. Right. Uh, but uh, you, you, when you have the power advantage like Jacare has, when you know, have the experience like he has, when you know how to move properly, um, you don't have to move as fast. You don't have to be so aggressive. Right. Let the jab be there. Work your jab. Make it work. Make it dictate where this guy is. And then once you figure out, like, okay, I got him put where I need him to be using my jab. That's when you throw in the big hooks. Yeah. That's when you throw in the big straights. Whatever punch it is, you need to finish it. However, you get them reacting with your jab. That's how you finish it. I'm always such a big fan of his knockout against Derek Brunson, though. Not the first one that happened in Strike Force, but the second one when they fought in the UFC. Oh, okay, okay. And um, because the way he just head kicks Derek Brunson, Derek Brunson just falls against the cage and just walks him down like fucking J- Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. I was like, man, that is just the way he just imagine that you just get head kicked by a jujitsu guy. And then this man just walking towards you. He's so calm. Like he even drops his hands confident. Like, yeah, this, I got this in the bag, you know, but yeah, I got to go Jacques Ray first round sub on that one. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, those will be some of the more exciting prelims in a while. Yeah. Uh, not that any of the prelims haven't been exciting. Um, but having, having Jacques Ray on a prelim, is pretty crazy. Yeah, just uh, something about the the rest of the card, you know. So leading into the main card, we're starting off in the bantamweight division. We got Matt Schnell versus Rogerio Bontarin, and um, it's actually I feel like Matt Schnell probably just went up in weight. I think he used to fight a flyweight. Yeah, he used to fight a flyweight, so we're seeing him come back up. And the name Matt Schnell sounds familiar. He used to be on that MTV uh, show. It was Fightville, was the name of it, or Fightville was the that was documentary the on Netflix. That's right. Uh, that caged. That's what it was. Caged. caged yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, he was. Uh, it was. It was kind of focusing on the small town of Louisiana. It was right after 
was the one with Dustin Poirier. That's Fightville. So if yeah. it was it was right after Fightville came out that was yeah. kind of focusing on Dustin Poirier. So they, the MTV had the idea to go ahead and film this show in this small town, Louisiana. I don't know what town it was though, and just kind of follow these guys around who are just trying to get out and make it big. And so Matt Chanel's, uh he's really good, man. He's been fighting for a while. He started young and he he's has a lot of experience. Very well rounded. He is. He has some really really good of uh, like. He's just good around everywhere, you know, submission or... He's got very slick uh, moves when it comes to transitioning on the ground. Yep. Um, when you have uh, Ho- Rogerio, Rogerio uh, Bontarine, he's coming off of two losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fought Kaikara France. Uh, we got knocked out by him. Uh, decision loss to Ray Borg. Uh, I, I got to go with Matt Schnell. Yep. Very well-rounded. Um, they're both pretty well-rounded. I think they both are great fighters all around. Uh, but I think right now is Matt Schnell's time. I think he's coming up as well. I mean, yeah. you know, he did suffer a couple losses, you know, in the UFC. But he doesn't have a very splotchy record in the UFC. You know, when he came to the UFC, he started off 0-2. Two knockouts. Uh, he started off against Rob Font, which, I mean, look at where he's at right now. This is when yeah. he was at Bantamweight. And uh, just see, well, he's returning to Bantamweight this fight. But, I mean, uh, Rob Font's such a bully when Rob he went there. Rob fighting. It's uh, my Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt, yeah. man, that's, that's I'm excited one. for that fight. That's a, good one. that's a great fight. And uh, then after that, he lost to Hector Sandoval. Then he needs to go on a four-fight win streak, fights Alexandre Pantoa, and then gets knocked out by him. But then picked up a great fight. It was a really good fight against T- Tyson Nam. Tyson Nam yeah. is good. And Tyson Nam's really good, even though he even says it himself, I'm known for my right hand. Yeah. You know, and it's a dangerous right hand. But... Uh, and then Rogerio, I mean, he's he's just as good as well. He's he's very well rounded, you know, sixteen and three with one no contest. But they, whenever he lost to Kaikar France, it was funny because Kaikar France was saying, you know, his nickname is the Don't Blink. Yeah. And uh, he got and he hasn't really had a knockout win and since he got into the UFC. He's only had decision wins. <laughs> so. Well, he needed that one then. Yeah, he did need that one. That's what he was laughing about after the fight. He's like, my nickname's Don't Blink, and I never knock anybody out anymore. But, uh, yeah, I feel like Matt Snell is the favorite. That's who I'm going to go with. Um, I'm, I mean, to really say how he wins, it's hard. Rogero is very good. He has great jujitsu, you know, so that's something to look out for is how is Matt Snell going to be able to compete with that high, that certain level of jujitsu. Uh, next up, you have Shane, Shane Burgos fighting Edson Barbosa. That one's obviously really exciting. Anything with Edson Barbosa is going to yeah. be really exciting. Uh, but Shane Burgos is very good. Yeah. Um, I feel like any time he's fighting a striker, he looks real good. Um, he, he always shows up for it. Um, he had a fight against Cub Swanson. It was a split decision win against him. That one's real exciting. Um, he fought Josh Emmett, lost to that one by decision. Um, mm-hmm. Josh Emmett, I think he won the fight, but I think he could have looked better in that fight. Yeah, he tore his ACL in that fight. Yeah. Mm. Okay, that's I, I I remember there was something about it, and I'm like, he yeah. didn't look great. He won the fight, but I think he could have done better. So, yeah, he had tore his ACL. Yeah. That makes sense. Because he, uh, after the fight, he was upset with how they were kind of uh, reacting to Josh Emmett. Like, they were saying, you know, he's not moving very well. He could yeah. be doing better here or there. And then after the fight, after the fight I, within the first and seconds in the fight, he hit me with a leg kick, and I tore my ACL. And he's like, you know, I'm in there fighting my ass off, and these people are going to say I should try harder or should do better. But, I mean, when I get injured in the fight, I can still continue to fight 15, 15 minutes on this, yeah. you know, knee that it's blown out. So, uh, by like Shane Burgos, man, he shows up to fight, you know. And he's, I mean, he really only has losses against big-name guys, you know. Only two losses in the UFC right now against... 
Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett, yeah. I, I don't know why I went blank. It's like, <laughs> I was thinking Calvin Cater. That was his first his loss in the loss, UFC. Yeah. Yeah. And we all know who Calvin Cater is by now. Yeah. Uh, the next fight, or I'm sorry, we're talking about Edson Barbosa. Obviously, we know who Edson Barbosa yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, as, as far as prediction, I think Edson Barbosa kind of has something to prove at yeah. this point in his career. Uh, he says he feels stronger than ever. He says he feels great. Uh, I don't know how many times we hear that. I was going to say, career. I've heard that one before, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. This one's tough. I think uh, Shane Bargos is coming up. Yeah. I think Edson Barbosa is moving on to kind of someone like Cowboy, where he, he he's fun to watch. Everybody likes watching him. Yeah. Uh, but he's not going to be winning a title anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. I mean, like Edson, I know he dropped on a featherweight, and he did finally break snap his three fight lose streak. Yeah. So it was good to see him finally pick up a win. But I just think Shane Burgos. I mean, uh, you can't look past him just because he's lost to these top guys. He lost these top uh, top guys whenever he's still kind of getting his footing in the UFC. I mean, he did he has a decent amount of wins in the UFC, but. He's, um, I mean, when it comes to Edson Barboza, he's uh, he's kind of like you said, he's kind of on decline. And Shane Burgos comes to fight. It's hard. It's not easy putting a guy like Shane Burgos out. Yeah. And uh, we've seen now Edson. He, I mean, he got knocked out against Justin Gaethje. It's I mean, he uh, Justin Gaethje arguably has, has yeah. yeah. Justin Gaethje <laughs> arguably has some of the like is one of the hardest hitters in, if not the hardest hitter in the 155 division. You know, I mean, there probably is a couple guys you can name that say Dustin he hits harder. Him. Yeah, I think Dustin Poirier hits harder than him. Yeah. And um, I'm gonna prove that. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think, um, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go Shane Burgos by decision, though. I, I really don't think um, Edson's able to pull off that win. I think Burgos is just gonna be just not too much for him. Just gonna be crisper for him. You know, he's gonna be ready for him. There's so much film. Whenever you have a guy like Edson Barboza, there's so much film and stuff you can study on him to know exactly when he's gonna be ready for something. You know. I'm gonna say Shane Burgos by submission. Really. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna say second round. Submission. You better put that on your verdict MMA app. I'm holding yeah. you accountable. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> and so for the next, oh, uh, we have uh, let's see, Caitlin Chukagan taking on. Oh, what's that? Caitlin Chukagan. Yeah, uh, Viviana Arajo. And so I like Caitlin Chukagan. I think she's you know she's proven a point that you know her title fight. She's top it, fighter. Yeah, you know even though she did lose to Shevchenko, who hasn't lost to Shevchenko. Especially at this flyweight run that Me? she's on right now. I haven't lost to Shevchenko. You want to fight her? You can fight her if you want. I didn't say I want to fight her. I just oh. said I haven't lost to her. I'll let her know. Yeah, I'll <laughs> okay. make that happen. Uh, yeah, that one, that one's a good fight. I mm. think uh, Chukagian's still needs to be tested. Uh, every single fight she's going to have is going to be a test. Uh, so let me rephrase that. I don't think that she still needs to be tested. I think that she's still going to be tested each fight. Um, and this is definitely one of those fights. Um, I'm going to say that Caitlin Chukagian wins by knockout. Because um, I think I think that Vivian, or Vivian, however she pronounces it, you know, I think that she won't disengage from any stand-up. Um, Cause she's got she's got a handful of knockout wins. She doesn't mind standing up. She, her fight yeah. against uh, Roxanne Madoffrey was a good fight. She looked good in it. Um, I I think it stays standing for the most part, and I think Kaylin Chukagian wins by knockout. I'm gonna go honestly. I'm gonna go uh, Vivian. 
I, I, I am. I, I, I gotta, I gotta at least disagree with you on something right now. We can't just. Okay. Lose it. But no, I really do think that she does win though. Uh, she put on a great performance against Mo- Roxanne Modafferi. Yeah. I mean, she beat her up bad. And, and it's hard to do that. Yeah. I mean, uh, Roxanne Modafferi is tough. Good. She, she's been around forever, dude, and she just keeps getting better and better. We saw what she did against a top, uh, up and comer like you know Macy, Macy Barber. Barber. That was a great fight. Yeah. I mean, she, uh, Macy she, Barber hurt herself, but yeah great fight even uh, before that you know even before she tore acl she was still getting beat up by roxanne but vivian she she really put it on roxanne at some point it was like okay is she gonna finish her yet because it was just getting to that point but i i'm kind of curious to see i don't nice. i don't think she stops caitlin though um i but it's hard to say i mean we had a caitlin she lost when she lost to valentina she got it was a tko crucifix position really hard to fin whenever you're right there and then she lost to a body shot by jessica andrage and i don't know if vivian hits as hard as andrage, andrage but we'll i think find out yeah i if anything i'm i think for me right now i'm probably gonna go vivian by decision all right um the next fight's gonna be tony ferguson and benil dariush that is a great fight super excited um, for this fight. tony ferguson with a lot to prove and benil dariush Kind of also with a lot to prove. Yeah. Um, he's been making his way up the ranks pretty fast as of late. Um, and if you want to make a statement, beating a guy like Tony Ferguson is one one heck of a way to do that. Uh, Tony Ferguson's real exciting, really fun. Everybody knows Tony Ferguson. Uh, but Neil Darius, though, very exciting. That yeah. dude has been tearing through people. Dude, especially lately. Like, man, yeah. he's, he's coming out. But he's proving a point. Like, he's having this resurgence that's good to see because – We've seen him, you know, in a couple of his losses. He's had some tough knockout losses, man, like brutal knockout losses to Alexander Hernandez and then also to Edson Barboza. I mean, the way that that knee that Edson threw whenever he was going for a takedown right on the chin, just perfect timing in the way that um, Benil fell, fell, just stiffened out. But we've also seen Benil, he's come back. He's shown his durability. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know many people that can take a flying knee to the face like that and still keep going. And uh, whenever he came back, he fought Drakkar close, knocked him out. And so he's showing that, hey, and he got hurt in that fight as well. Drakkar close tagged him really, really clean. So I think uh, Benil Darius is on the come up right now. I mean, you have Tony Ferguson, he's 0-2 right now. And these yeah. fights that we've seen him in, he's getting beat up. And he's not necessarily like being that, you know, that tough fighter. That he that, still uh, is that tough that fighter, KG but it's just... fight was rough to watch. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing him get outclassed but in yeah. every aspect. I mean, he was known for his stand-up and, you know, very being very unorthodox, well, throwing sand and sweep. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, he had that leg sweep. Yeah. Uh, that, like, kung fu-style leg sweep uh, that worked really well against KG. And then, yeah, he threw the pocket sand. Uh, that was hilarious. Yeah. So I think uh, Ferguson's talked a lot about how he's kind of revamped for this fight. Yeah, and I think he has. He's been he's been training with Freddie Roach, training with GSP yeah. for this fight. So I know he finally Can't has. Go wrong there. Yeah, you never can. And, and he's so, still straying on, staying strong over at Tenth Planet. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm gonna say the kind of the same thing that I I say sometimes with Dustin Poirier. Go back to your roots, man. Go back to your jujitsu. Yeah. Show people that. Yeah, I might have fallen in love with my striking, but it's my jujitsu that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm best at. So remember that. Yeah, because um, if you look at his two losses, yeah, there it's mostly stand-up fights. Um, so you get the fight to the ground, get a submission win. Yeah. Uh, but Benil's not a slouch on the ground either. Not He's at all. Very good all around. I mean, you submit a guy like Drew Dober. Yeah. You know, Drew Dober's it, tough as it comes. Yeah, triangle armbar as well too. I mean, it's not easy to submit a guy like that at all. But it's just. 
but I think it's just uh, I mean, I forgot to bring up also with this six fight win streak that Benil's been on. The- <laughs> what are you laughing about, man? <laughs> but uh, he actually had a really, really nice spinning back elbow against Scott Holtzman as well. And, well, Scott uh, Holtzman's going to be really good. Though. Yeah, I mean, uh, it just it, you got to look at it that you know Benil's coming up. He's pro- he's going to be entering you know possibly like top seven. Or he's gonna just he's he's gonna be ranked very high after this fight. I do think Benil Darius beats him though. I do not think he finishes him, but I think Benil is gonna pull off the decision win. But it's hard to say. Benil's knocking guys out. Yeah, he is. And, uh, uh, I'm gonna go with my heart and say Tony Ferguson uh, by submission. By sub by submission, you think? Yeah, I'm gonna go with my heart on that one. Uh, not so, my brain. Not my brain. It's hard not to say my that. My brain's he, stupid. So why would I? Why would I pay attention to that? Hey, man, I mean, you got a point. That's why we have a podcast. We're not the smartest guys, right? <laughs> but it's, no, so we, um, with that, I just feel like uh, Benil pulls off the decision or a knockout. I think, uh, does, I think, uh, excuse me. Do you think he finishes Tony Ferguson? I think he can. I think, uh, well, I mean, I think he can too, yeah, but I, I think, I think he, I don't I think, think it happens. I think there's a strong possibility. I think uh, Tony Ferguson's durability is catching up with him. Maybe. And, uh, you know, he's not exactly a young guy anymore. He's in his late 30s. You got Benil Darius, who's 32. He's still in his prime. And uh, just what he's doing to these guys, man. He's he's beating these guys up. He's putting in work. He's submitting guys. He's knocking out guys. You know, he's going but off. But those guys off. aren't Tony Ferguson. Yeah. But, I mean, there's only one Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard not to El go Kukui, against him. man. Exactly. Like, it's hard not to go against him because it's Tony Ferguson. But I remember, I remember like uh, not too long after he was on the ultimate fighter and he just kept winning and kept winning and yeah. kept winning. And I was just like, guys, how can we not stop Tony Ferguson? Yeah. Like he doesn't, he doesn't look particularly good anywhere. Yeah. Uh, he's got these wild strikes and he, on the ground, he just kind of like, seems erratic. Yeah. Uh, but then I started paying more attention. And I'm like, Oh no, nah, he, he knows what he's doing. I think Tony. This gets, is his style. Yeah, like, he knows what he's doing. I think it. Tony gets cracked a lot, and like, look what happened when the Anthony Pettis fight. You know, he got cracked yeah. by Anthony Pettis. Cracked him really, really well. He hit him with a great shot, and I think Anthony Pettis could have been could have finished Chef I with a TKO or something. But if if he wouldn't have stopped, and he was like, you know, excited, he was in a, in, in this like dog fight, and then after that, once they got up, Tony Ferguson was able to put it on him. Well, didn't that, Anthony Pettis hurt it, break his hand in that fight? He broke his hand. Yeah. Yeah, he broke his hand. So you cracked. Tony Ferguson, but Tony Ferguson cracked back. Yeah, yeah, he cracked back harder. <laughs> and so it's just, um, but yeah, I think uh, Benil Darius is either going to be by a knockout or a decision with him. You got to pick one, man. I got to pick one. Okay, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna get a little wild with it, man. I'm feeling crazy. And so I'm going to go uh, second round. I'm going to go second round knockout with, by Benil. How's that crazy? You just said that. What's that? Well, you because said I picked Darius by knockout or decision, so you just pick knockout. Well, well, because I'm specifying that. You know what? I'm gonna pick some wild <laughs> shit against a guy that doesn't get knocked out. So, but uh, yeah. Fuck All right. Me. Well, that brings us to the main event: Michael Chandler <laughs> and Charles Oliveira. Uh, I have my issues with this fight. Same reason that I, I love Yuri Prohashka. I love Michael Chandler. Um. Why do you get a title shot? Why do you jump the rankings? I don't understand this. Uh, but Michael Jans is a great fighter. Yeah. Um, has he earned it in the UFC? No. Has he earned it in his whole career? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, everything he's done leading up to this point shows that he can easily become uh, the UFC champion. Yeah. Um, if he does it, he'll be the second fighter from Bellator 
to become a champion and also in the UFC. Funny enough, same weight class as Eddie Alvarez, who was also... Yeah. And know. they fought twice. Yeah. And they were both crazy exciting fights. Yeah. Um, so Michael Chandler going against Charles Oliveira, ha- I I give him the striking advantage. I give him... Uh, you, you give, you give, you give uh, Michael Chandler the striking advantage? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think... Well, okay, let me... Let me phrase this properly. Uh, <laughs> he has the pow- power in the striking, definitely over Oliveira. Yeah. Uh, I think the speed, he's much more explosive than Oliveira. Um, so I think he can catch Oliveira on the feet a lot easier than Oliveira can catch Michael Chandler on the feet. That being said, I'm not saying I don't uh, that I, th- I think Oliveira cannot knock out right. Michael Chandler or outstrike Michael Chandler. He's... He's so long. He's gonna have the. He's gonna throw his straights. He always looks good everywhere it goes. Yeah. Uh, Oliveira. Um, but I think if Oliveira wants to win this fight, he takes it to the ground. Yeah. Um, that being said, Michael Chandler is an amazing wrestler. You watch him and Kamaru Usman go back and forth in their wrestling, their free flow wrestling. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. It's uh, it's really cool to watch. Watch yeah. those guys go back and forth. It's so. like it's like a grappling version of Capoeira. Yeah. Uh, it's so fun to watch them too. Um, when they're that knowledgeable and talented in one aspect of the sport that they can do stuff like that. Uh, like they transition from, uh, standing back mounts to like, uh, pulling guard. It's just wild. But, um, that being said, Oliveira, his, his world is on the ground. Right. Uh, that's where he's had, uh, his rise is on the ground. Uh, he's picked up some, uh, knocking knockout wins. Uh, so he's not, completely i'm not like i said i'm i'm not at all trying to take anything away from his striking his striking is great he's proved that um but i think michael chandler gets another knockout you think so yeah i think with uh charles Oliveira, the way he fights is so weird because uh in the sense of his stand-up because he's a long fighter yeah. but he's a pressuring fighter and i've we, always wanted him and ferguson to fight yep they're they're so similar I've always wanted that. It was just, it was kind of nuts to see how much Oliver took control of that fight, you know, from every aspect. I mean, yeah. the stand up to the wrestling to the jiu jitsu. It, it, it was disappointing. Yeah. I it, always wanted to watch it, and it was disappointing. See, if it would uh, happen earlier, it would have been a much oh, better yeah, fight. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but Oliver made it. Made it look like child's play. Yeah, he really did. And so, like, you know, Oliver is coming up, like, right now, so he's been on a tear. Yeah. You know, he's. It's like eight. Eight fights in a row. Yeah, eight fights in a row. Yeah, and only one of those was by decision against Tony Ferguson. Every other guy, he's either knocked out or submitted. Yeah, uh, so I, I think this is where it ends for him. Uh, not his career. I just think that streak ends here. Yeah, uh, Michael Chandler. This is his time. He doesn't have any other time. This he, is it. Yeah, and I mean, you, it's it's hard to agree or disagree with his with his uh, title shot that he's getting just because like, okay, look at his career. Look at his, what he's done. Disagree. Yeah. I know you don't, but I like disagree. for me, I just, I look I at it and hard. I just, I see what he's done. And, but I also just, the reason why I somewhat agree with it is just the fact that he is, I think this is honestly going to be his only chance for the title. He's okay. Well, CM Punk didn't get a title shot. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that was his only chance. That's because CM Punk didn't knock out Dan Hooker that like that. So, so that says a lot. So if it only t- t- takes one win in the UFC, as long as uh, it's late in your career yeah. and you win by knockout, you get a title shot. Well, what, do you what, want, what do you want CM Punk to do? Come and cash in the fucking money in the <laughs> bank? Like, Hey, look, he's not Edge. He's not the ultimate opportunist. No, he he's can't not. do stuff like that. I mean, if he probably would have caught Mike Jackson after he um, after he lost to Mickey Gall, he probably could have got a win over him. But 
He didn't cash in his contract? Though, What's that? CM oh, if that was like a... CM Punk would have won his fight by knockout. If he would have lost that badly to Mickey Gall and then come back and beat Mike Jackson by knockout. Yeah. Which, I don't even want to talk about that fight. Uh, Mike Jackson, good for you. You won that fight. Um, but I think... I just think that when you come into something where the talent pool for every single weight class is as deep as it is in the UFC, you can't just come in and get one fight over a top guy yeah. and call, and then be like, all right, title shot, here we go. Yeah. Um, that being said, I know they've pushed a lot of guys uh, throughout the history of the UFC. I know that they've yeah. pushed a lot of guys. Heck, Conor McGregor. Um, Anderson Silva got a title shot as soon as he knocked out Chris Lieben. Chris Lieben, yeah. yeah. Um, so I understand that it's happened before. Yeah. Um, but I... I had a problem with it then. I'll have a problem with it now. Yeah. Um, I love Yuri Prohoshka. I love Michael Chandler, but I don't think you should be getting title shots. But I feel like this is Chandler's only chance for the title. Honestly. Yeah, what difference does that make? I mean, just because that is just minus, we'll just let him get it. So if I went to the UFC. Right. Say I got a one win. Yeah. That's probably my only chance. Do you have the accolades that Michael Chandler has? No, but nope. does it matter? No, I, I don't what, think he deserves a title shot. What accolades matter when you're not. Again, so we like I had said earlier, we're holding the we hold the UFC at such a high standard, um, as if that is the standard right. for an MMA organization. Um, look what Eddie, so Michael some of Michael Chandler's biggest fights were against Eddie Alvarez yeah. and um, Pitbull. Uh, so you have his fights against Eddie Alvarez. Uh, I believe they were title fights. Um, look at what Eddie Alvarez did in the UFC. Not the best, right? Um, Pitbull's still in Bellator. Some say there's a reason for that. Uh, so when you sh- when you start fighting at the level that the UFC has, like I said, the talent pool is very deep. Especially uh, in that lightweight division, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So when you come from fighting guys who didn't have success in the UFC or still haven't made it to the UFC, again, we say mm-hmm. made it to the UFC because the UFC is the top. That's where the everyone wants pool. to be. Yeah. You know? So... That's like saying, like Adrian Yanez, as yeah. good as he is. Yeah. Look how, look at his record. His record is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, should he get a title shot? Who right now? Yeah. Adrian, not right now. Why not though? Look he, at look at what he's done. Yeah. Look at how good he is. But if he was to come in and beat the top six guy, then I would be like, yeah, that, like right off the bat, I'd be like, you know what? I mean, fuck, dude. He's exactly where where Dan I Hooker just be. lost. Before yeah. that, to the guy who's arguably the champion of the division. Well, he's not the champion of the division. Should be. I'm just speaking facts. Yeah, he's not the champion of the division. He was coming off a loss. Right. Um, Michael Chandler comes in there and wins to a guy who just lost, um, and he has no other fights in the UFC. So his accolades are in a different organization. Which at this point, if you've made it to the UFC, you're bound to have several wins in other organizations. But you have nothing in the UFC. I don't think you get a title shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, I think it's also just the hype train that they're building off of with him. You know, he came in, look what he did. So they're just like, all right, but I don't think he beats guys like Dustin Fourier. I don't think he beats Conor McGregor. I love Michael Chandler. I think he's phenomenal. I love to hear him do his, uh, he even does motivational speeches that are great to listen to. I've heard him do stuff with other, um, other outlets and it's always fun to hear him talk i think he's very well spoken he's a good guy yeah like i said i love him i yeah i'm 
happy for him getting this title shot. I just, I, I'll never, it never sits well with me when I watch guys who work so hard for it get looked over. Yeah. Um, and that's where, you know, with with your with your as- aspect on that, with your opinion on that, there's a guy like Charles Oliveira who has proven. He's earned he, it a yeah, long time it. ago. He's, he earned it very. He's finally getting it. Yeah. Michael Chandler's had one fight. Oliveira's had, what, 16? Yeah. In the UFC? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was a kid when he forgot his first guy in the UFC. Yeah, he was the like Browns. 20. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and you see, it's kind of like, yeah, that's a very good thing to point out. It's two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Both phenomenal fighters. Uh, both worked very hard. Uh, but one worked very hard in this organization. The other one did not. Mm-hmm. So, and, and again, I'm not taking anything from Michael Chandler. Right. And I'm not trying to take anything away from either of these guys. Um, but I just... I feel like the title fight should have been Dustin and Connor. Um, Dustin won it. He should be champion. I agree with that. But it's not, so that's not the case. We're looking for Chandler and Oliveira. That's yeah. who we're looking at. Um, and you got to think that the winner of... Or if Dustin Poirier beats Connor, obviously next is, his next move has to be fight for the title. Yeah. Um, Can't deny him anymore. Yeah, can't say he doesn't want to fight anymore. You know. Yeah, it's getting ridiculous. Uh, they they say that he passed over up the opportunity to fight for the title, but I don't. I'm not saying that's not true. I just don't know the legitimacy to that. Um, like what factors went into it? When he would have to fight? What yeah. who he would have to fight? What he would have to do to get there? Um, or it's like oh, or you can fight Connor again. Yeah. And this is the day where you'd fight Connor again. And I know that he did speak out about that. He said he did pick Connor over the title fight because yeah. he even said he's like, "Look, y'all know that I'm supposed to be champion. So I mean, I'm going there. I'm gonna fight that guy, then fight for the belt." So I feel like right, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. No, he said he's got to beat the champion to win. That's what he felt. Um, now I, I love Dustin Poirier, but I feel like that's just something some people say sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is a kind of a moral thing. Yeah. Um, he doesn't want to just be given the belt. Yeah, maybe so it, I understand that. He's, it's just it's just him being, uh, you know, staying stand humble. Up guy. Yeah, he's just he's not going out and saying, you know, he's, he's keeping guy, himself don't grounded. Need no chair. He, he's he's not letting himself get out of hand. You know, thinking, oh, I should be that. You know, or letting his head get too big. Yeah, he's keeping himself leveled by saying, no, well, like I'll be champion once I beat the champion. Whoever the winner of that fight will be. Which I like that the way that fight played out because um, whoever wins this fight and whoever wins Connor versus Dustin three, they'll probably be fighting in the fall. By the time whoever wins that fight rests yeah. up, so I mean, but it, I just I'm, uh, stick into the same logic. I yeah. don't see I don't see why Conor McGregor should get a title fight um, if he beats Dustin. I think it says a lot if he beats Dustin, though. I think it does too. Yeah, but he's as inactive as he is. Right. With his last fight being a loss to Dustin. Yeah. And then the fight before that being a win to Cowboy. Fight before that being a loss. Yeah, I don't see why he would get a title. Yeah, fight. he's two and two in the lightweight. It's division. the same. It's the same exact reason. I don't think Nate Diaz should be given a title shot if he beats Leon Edwards. Right. I, it's again. I'm going to follow that same logic because I'm pretty firm with that. I don't think someone that inactive and on and off with wins should get a title fight over people who have earned it. Um, Justin Gagey's coming back. Yeah. What about him, Dan Hooker? By that time, I hope he gets a fight set up. Throws his name back in there. Um, I like to see him fight Justin Gaethje. Yeah, that's the fight I think everybody wants to see, but yeah. I don't know. It's so hard because I don't want either of those guys to lose. Yeah, you know, 
I, I, I think it doesn't make sense yet. I think if Dan Hooker gets a win, maybe they match up later. Yeah. I think that, that would be a very exciting matchup. And so, uh, but yeah, so real quick, back to the fight. I'll make my prediction, but it's, I'm kind of torn on this one because it's like, um, I really like Michael Chandler, but I mean, the way that Charles, what he's been doing to guys, he's just been absolutely dominating guys. Uh, Michael Chandler pointed out, you know, well, Charles Oliver misses weight. Charles Oliver has quit, but I don't think we see that Charles Oliver anymore. You know, I think yeah, Charles, I Charles, 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 uh, Charles Oliver, I want to say Malavera. I don't know why, but Oliveira, he's just, I think he's grown up. I think he's been, he's taking, he's matured more. He's taking things a lot more serious and he doesn't move the same. Yeah. Like the, just the way he, um, level changes the way that he throws his punches yeah. The way that he initiates grappling, it's he doesn't move the same. He yeah. moves with purpose now. Yeah, and I, well, it's one of the things where it's like I noticed in the twenty fight is he fights he fights a little stiff. He comes in straight at you. He throws straight punches because he's so long. He can do that, yeah. you know. And that's why he was able to catch Tony really, really well. And you know, the other guy like Michael Chandler is a little shorter. And I think, I think just the way, if it goes to the ground, and then I really do feel like Charles Oliver has that advantage. I mean, I, I really, even though I know Michael Chandler has phenomenal wrestling, I don't think uh, Michael's able to beat him on the ground. But when it comes down to it, I really want to say that um, I think Michael Chandler is able to get in there early. He's going to get pressured by Oliveira, and I think he throws an overhand right, and he knocks him out. So you think Michael Chandler wins by knockout? Yep. Me too. Yep. Okay, you know what? Let me change my pick. No. <laughs> but uh, no, I do. I just I think the way that Charles stands, he stands very tall, and I think that's perfect for an over right hand for Michael Chandler, who is just a hard fucking hitter who yep. just goes all in and just like I said, he's he's explosive, he's powerful, yeah. uh, he's got the wrestling, he's got the grappling, he's got yeah. the experience. Uh, so yeah, I pick him. I picking Michael Chandler by yeah. knockout. And I would like to see Charles Oliver win. I think he deserves it. I, You know my stance on that. Yeah. <laughs> I think he does What was too. that again? No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I think if Charles Oliver wins, he, you know, he absolutely deserves it. I mean, they'll be if he wins, he'll be on a nine-fine waiting streak since coming back to lightweight division. But I just I think it's just Michael Chandler's time, and I think uh, he'll be fighting the winner of Dustin versus Conor in three, which I'm subliminating. Better be it. Dustin Poirier. Yeah, I was going to say he'll be fine Dustin Poirier. So, uh, yeah, we're yeah. not biased here, though. Yeah. His hot sauce is really good. Yeah, it is. It's delicious. Pori hot sauce. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Maybe we can get him to sponsor us. Yeah, we'll work on it. This episode sponsored by Poirier's hot sauce. We we're gonna get stop. We're gonna get copyrighted. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no man. Uh, I mean, that card. I'm so excited for it. I always yeah. enjoy watching. Houston's got a lot in store for it this yeah. weekend. Um, again, that's UFC 262 on Saturday, and then Fury 46 and on Sunday. Um. And definitely think, fights to check out i think regardless of you know your stance on the virus in texas opening up i'm not sure what everyone's opinion is but regardless of that we're here to talk about mma i think this is great for the texas mma circuit because the fact that we're one of the few states that are, that are opened up and we're yeah. gonna have full capacity so people are gonna want to come people, a lot of people are gonna be going to houston the houston show we tried to get tickets they sold out in less than 10 minutes yeah and so uh they sell out fast and then you know look at the fury fight Guys, people are still going to be in town. You know, people are coming from out of town just to watch this card. Yeah, and like I said, if you you go check out these fights simply to go see the stars that show up for it. Yeah. Um. So if you if you couldn't make it to the UFC fights, go make it to the Fury fights. Yeah. Um. They're going to be just as exciting. Uh. They're going to be a lot cheaper. Yeah. So check them out. Yeah. And if you just like go to the website. Put on for um, the city. 
You decide to go to the website, and whenever uh, Fury FC will ask you to select a fighter, uh, pick Jacob Silva, man. Show that guy some support. He's a great dude, great fighter. Yeah. it's uh, And again, it, I think it's his time. I think he makes it to the UFC. I think this is it. Yep. Dana's looking for a fight. This is it. Yeah. And uh, they, Jacob Silva, I mean, I'm super excited to finally see this guy fight, dude. So, yeah. All right. Well, we hope you guys check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, subscribe, download our podcast now. We appreciate the support. Uh, we'll keep it going for you.